said, Mama, I got bad news. Bad moods every day. Brand new tattoos on my face. Sad dude with a head full of rain. I just want to Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Ashes to Awesome podcast, Rising and Recovery. My name is Chuckle Flash, and thank you for joining me while we take a mostly serious look at the realities of addiction and rising in recovery. For those of you that are new to the show, Wednesdays are one of my favorite days for sure. Ryan Bathgate is a, he's a therapist. He's got wisdom, charisma, and passion for all things addiction, recovery, healing, especially healing, growth, that too. He's a full package for a knowledgeable human being. He has his master's degree. We're really lucky to have him on the show and give us some insights. He has opened my eyes personally to a whole new way of thinking, and and uh, I'm forever grateful to have him around. So we're going to get right into that. So we're just going to take a quick break for a public service announcement, and uh, yeah, let's do this. Now for a quick public service announcement. One of the best ways to reduce stigma is with education. If you still have questions that we haven't answered on today's show, you can learn more about Together We Can's education group at twcrecoverylife.org. Hi, everybody. This is Carl with today's public service announcement about naloxone, or as it's more commonly known, Narcan, a medication that can help save the life of somebody experiencing an opioid overdose. Did you know that in 2021, opioids were responsible for over 7,000 deaths in Canada and 106,000 deaths in the United States? These numbers are staggering, but there is hope. Narcan is a medication that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose and help save a life. Narcan is available for free at participating pharmacies and harm reduction centers across Canada and is also available without a prescription at most pharmacies in the United States. Now, I know most of you won't be around people using opioids, but you never know when it will be around you, and you could save the life of someone who is loved and who loves. Remember, naloxone saves lives. Treatment saves futures. Together We Can offers addiction treatment programs and education, support groups, and workshops for friends, partners, spouses, and loved ones. Learn more about their services at twcrecoverylife.org. Hey listeners, if you stick around till the end of the episode, after the outro song, there's a special message there from Nicole to her son Gage, who of course was the subject of this week's Memorial Monday. All right, guys, so I am sitting here with Ryan Bathgate, uh, fondly known as the captain here on the show. How are you doing today, Ryan? Uh, good, Chuck. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm fantastic. Fantastic. So it's been a busy week. Um, as always, I've been looking forward to chatting with you. I don't know. What do you, you want to start off with the mailbag today? Or just get right into that? Yeah, you know, honestly, I think the mailbag's a good primer. Um, uh, my typical way of being in this world is really not to prepare a lot and uh yeah it's kind of there's a there's a philosophy behind it that i always want to deal with what's in front of me so i don't have an agenda that that mitigates my access to what's okay um so if i already have a plan then i'm gonna miss what's already happening Uh, that's kind of how i was trained from the start so what it turns out is uh you know i think pretty quick on my feet Ah, well it sure seems that way so hey listen um we did an episode i know you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet because i recorded it yesterday and published it yesterday as well um with my mom who who came on the show to talk about the week previous and it was pretty powerful but uh she had some feedback about yourself and i'll let you hear that on your own but she's also submitted a question for you today so um, I think that's a great place to start out. Um, she couldn't record it, so I'm going to read it for her. Okay. All right. So from Norma, as a layperson without education or training, when we see a street person or underhoused person, 
What can we say or do to acknowledge them and perhaps encourage them to reach out for help? Okay, can you read that again to me? Okay. Um, I got caught up in, in, in the fact that she used the correct terminology. <laughs> that was well, it's mom. She uh, does tend to impress. So, yeah, and and I, it is unhoused or underhoused. Not and, and I will say this right off the bat. I like this because it speaks to the, the reach out part of your career. So um, I thought it was a really good question. So we'll ask again, knowing all of that. As a lay person without education or training, when we see a street person or underhoused person, what can we say or do to acknowledge them and perhaps encourage them to reach out for help? The, the, the first word that comes to mind at, in any given turn when it comes to navigating the human experience with another human being is always dignity. Um, and I use this term a bit loosely because I'm not sure where it fits in my world, but and respect. I, I, at times I find that to be an institutional term. Okay. Um, but the... Again, it comes back to the tenants. Uh, what all human beings need outside of food, water, and shelter is to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, and to feel lovable. Mm-hmm. And so if we can approach every single human being, regardless of their social status, with uh, that focus, and, 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 and I guess uh, you know, that would also lead to an underlying uh, philosophy that we, we seek to understand, not to be understood. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, it's basically, uh, and I, you know, every day I'm meeting people and my questions are, you know, how are you today? Uh, I, I, whenever I go to talk to somebody around here, I bring water, I bring fresh socks, I bring gloves, whatever might, might be needed. Okay. Um, and so the, 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 the best way to go about this is to actually see the human being behind the stigma. Okay. Okay. Uh, and to start from a place uh, of of seeking to understand, mm-hmm. instead, I mean, you know, how often are we are we programmed to look in the deficit and to see to to take people and put them in a box so we can make sense of them? Okay, and and, and you know, it's part of what we do as human beings is we as in our cognitive part of our mind we want to. Uh, you know, it's always appeasing to us to be able to locate something and put it somewhere so we can understand. For example, mm-hmm. we did a name change. My name is Ryan, you know, mm-hmm. but that's that's that name was given to me so you can make sense of me. Okay, okay. Do you get what yes, I'm saying? Yeah. What I am is far. I'm I'm way beyond what that t- title Ryan is. Yep. I am a human being. I am made of. Um, the phenomenology of life itself. Like what is the difference between me sitting here talking to you or corroding and rotting on the floor? Yes. You know, and that's a phenomenon. Okay. Um, and so I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, to meet people where they're at, whether it be, um, you know, on, on whether they're on the street or they're having challenges or they're, you know, um, I don't know, a millionaire, a billionaire. I mean, I think we treat people the same no matter what. I mean, and that was something that I learned from my sister years and years ago was uh, she used to always tell me, you don't give shit and you don't take shit. And, and you know, it doesn't matter if if, if it's the, the Pope or or someone asking for change, you treat them all the same. Absolutely. And you treat yourself the same within that. So I need to be able to respect myself. And here's one thing that I'll say. Never change your tone of voice. Okay, unpack that. <laughs> okay, one thing I've noticed over the years of doing this is that people that don't understand 
often they their voice pitch goes up. Okay. When they talk to somebody of, uh, I guess a less lesser social stature. Okay. They it's almost like talking to a child. Really. Yeah, I know what you're saying now. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, like the the side head nod. I mean, there's a Seinfeld on that. When you do the side head nod, it's like. Not a good thing. You know I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. How are you today? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Instead of be patronizing, oh, I guess it's even. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, and, and, and I know that that's something that is picked up on quite quickly and is often the cause of, of, uh, of, uh, an inability to access connection with those people because how many times have they had that high pitched voice come at them? How many times have they been put, called a number or put into a system where they only represent, uh, statistic or data? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and then, and, and all of those systems, whether it be medical litigious, um, or social are usually deficit based yeah. and carry a deficit lens. So the other thing I would say was know your strengths, know what your strengths are, know what the strengths of other people can be okay. and try to, um, try to, try to find common ground, uh, in a strength based, based conversation instead of deficit based, like, wow, you've been out here for 10 years. You must be extremely resilient, right? You must have an incredible right. amount of social intelligence to be able to last this long and to be able to survive the way. And, you and, and, and that is no small thing. It's, it's certainly not nothing as Jordan Peterson would say. So, um, right. Hey, okay. And connection that leads great into my next question. Um, and this one is from Lena, who is our muse here. So I think it's, uh, well, Lena comes up with all the good stuff. So if addiction comes from a lack of connection, what is something you do when counseling an addict to try and create the connection and therefore begin the process of recovery? Um, so I always believe that the most important connection is the intrinsic connection, the one that happens within okay. our ability to access ourselves. Um, and so I always want to start with, you know, uh, expanding the, the lexicon or the vocabulary of the emotionally unintelligent, I guess, and, and start, I mean, we start emotional intelligence by understanding what the words are, how to use them. Yeah. Then we match the, the, the words with the emotions we feel, and we now have expanded our horizon of understanding. Okay, can you give me an example there? Um, okay, so most people know good, bad, bad. Those are their emotional lexicon. Yeah. Uh, and so... When I'm starting with somebody, I always want to start with the grounding mm -hmm. and I ask, you know, what's here? What are you feeling right here, right now? And I don't want to know what you think you're feeling. I want to know what you're feeling. So shut your mind off and let your heart speak. Okay. And so we start with that. Uh, and then I, and I'll, I'll do that, I don't know, eight times in a session. Just stop and like pop quiz. What are you feeling? What's the emotion? Bam. And so we're always trying to access that, that intrinsic uh, connection of psychosomatic um, alignment. Okay. In other words, my mind, my emotions, and my body are all in in rhythm together in the same alignment. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, so once because because connection happens through our access to vulnerability, and so vulnerability is us putting our emotions out for the world to see without control. Yep. So when we can, when, when I'm okay with how I feel, okay, I'm much less concerned with what you think of how I feel. Fair enough. Yeah. If I have any insecurities and I don't have intrinsic resource, then what you your feedback is dependent on how I feel about myself, okay. which makes it extrinsic in nature. Or I mean, that's the that's the the, the cocktail for uh, codependency. Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, 
Did I answer that question? I feel like you did. Um, how do you get through to somebody? I, yeah, yeah, you, know, you start with you okay, start with and, a grounding and, and, and kind of understand who they are, where they're at, and and and, and right. build okay, from that. There's more. Okay. Then we talk about, you know, I like those three phases of existence because we can talk about yesterday being the archives, that's information, tomorrow being completely unwritten, and then now is all we have. Mm-hmm. So we, then we start looking at potential. So I look at those strength-based patterns. And, and then we talk about the potentials of what could be. Like, let's start writing this script. Let's dream big. Let's take all expectations away okay. and, and just dream as big as we can. For example, I, and I would love in my life to die with a master's degree. Mm-hmm. If that's how that started. It was not something I ever thought I was capable of, something that I ever thought I could do. Mm-hmm. But when I took away the yesterday and the impact that that has telling me that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not smart enough, and I can never do these things based on my history, based on how I grew up, based on um, all the feedback I got while I was being an idiot, you know, like I take that and I bracket that. I take the now and I look at these things like, hey, you know what? I'm actually a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, have, I have drive. I have uh, opportunity. I happen to be uh, a Métis man, which provides me more resources. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all that started to come into fruition. And that dream ended up be coming, to, coming to, to fruition because I bracketed yesterday and I started to believe that I had the power to change the world like everybody else does in this planet. Mm-hmm. The old Margaret Mead. Do you, do you know who that is? No, Margaret I don't. Mead? No. Quote, the quote goes, I'm going to butcher this. Um, Never doubt that a small group of people have the power and the influence to change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Okay. And I've heard that before, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So. so that's the Margaret Mead quote. In other words, we are all so much more capable and have so much more capacity than we'll ever know. It's, 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 it goes, our potential goes as far as our understanding of the, of the cosmos itself. Mm-hmm. So as long as I can think about the stars going on and on and on, my potential is, is right along there beside it. I am capable of doing everything in my life that I want to do other than maybe playing power forward for the Celtics. Okay. Because <laughs> there are some that. physical limitations, right? You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, like <clears throat> everything is possible because the future is unwritten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so if I can remain in curiosity instead of fear, and those two carry the same characteristics, then I can, I can access those, those dreams. Yeah. If I live in fear, then I'm never going there. I always have a ceiling. Fair enough. Fair enough. So fear yeah. being a lack of information. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Curiosity. That's how I define fear. Really simple for mm-hmm. me. Lack of information puts it in its place. It, I don't. It doesn't get too much power. It just means that I need more information to have fear. And you, you've oh. said that a few times in, in previous episodes, and I don't think you can say it enough. Yeah. It's it's something that actually I've been. It comes back to me quite a bit um, as I as I'm considering what's next and you know where to go from here. So. I, yeah, and I, honestly, I just need to understand. I'm the captain of this ship. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that that is living my only life to live, mm-hmm. and I call the fucking shots. So I unplug fear, and I take I go the other side of the joy line, which is a therapeutic thing, where deficit is below the joy line, asset is above the joy line. Okay. The asset, the 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 opposite of fear, not the opposite. Its counterpart on the other side of the joy line is curiosity. So curiosity is the same thing. I a lack of information. Yeah. yeah. So I can literally go look at my future. I can go with fear, which is, hey, you know, uh, your dad called you dumb. You're, you know, you failed at these things. You became a drug addict. All those things, and I can be like, yeah, you know what? I can never do that. I'm not even going to try. Uh, I, as soon as I can't, I won't. Yeah. Or what could be? 
you know, and I think of I think of uh, Brene Brown or it's, it's Teddy Roosevelt's man in the man in the arena quote. And as long as I try, then I can't fail. Mm-hmm. Even if I do fail, I don't fail because I tried. I got in the ring. I took my beating, and at least I know. Fair enough. Eh? I'll never spend my life in regret, and I'll never look back wondering if I could have, because yeah. I know I couldn't, or I know I could because I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's so, awesome. Um, yes. So I would look at just expanding the toolkit of the individual, starting with the uh, psychosomatic connection intrinsically um, about creating alignment within myself. And so, like, this goes into a way deeper theory that I don't know. Oh, <laughs> have I talked about rhythm before? You have in, in your own self, right? Um, when you're out of rhythm. Rhythm is such yeah. a huge, it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. The entire organic world is built out of rhythms. Okay. Rivers flowing, winds blowing, plants are growing. You know, everything in this world that is organic is not a straight line or a right angle. That appeases my cognitive mind. So when I think about locating how I experience an, an Excel spreadsheet, mm-hmm. If I locate that within my body, it's in my mind. That's where that appeasement comes from. That's why I look at it and I'm like, this is cool. Okay. But when I'm when I think about when I'm walking by myself in a forest and I'm in peace and 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 the world is a beautiful place, I locate that so far away from my head, it's unbelievable. I that is in my heart. Okay. Okay. And I am appeased in a deep, such a deeper way. Like the cognitive holds nothing to the soul. Okay. Okay. I like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so when I'm out of rhythm, it's really simple. I'm, I've, 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 I've not acted in one of my values. Mm-hmm. So my values become my identity, uh, compassionate, um, understanding, I don't know, intelligent, all these, these things that make up who I am. And if you ask me who I am, I lift off my values and that's who I am. Okay. Okay. So when I'm out of rhythm, I'm actually out of character. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I, I go back to my, and I'm like, Hey, you know what? Like Chuck, um, I was arrogant the other day. And uh, I don't know why, but I was protecting myself. I was like, I wanted to impress you or something. And you deserve better than that. So I just want to let you know that um, I recognize that in myself and it's something I'm working on. And I, I want you to, I want to honor you by, by being the person to create a change or an amendment in my being. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so now I'm accountable to that value. And now I'm back in rhythm. Okay. I got you. And now I got I'm you. back in okay. rhythm. Okay. Yep. Right? Yep. And, and, and the more I pay attention to my life's rhythm, the more, the quicker I am to feel when I'm off, like when I've done something that's kind of out of yeah. rhythm. Yeah. And if, if I don't pay attention, then I go, it's like, it's like a trajectory thing. I start off in one degree off and by, you know, two weeks later, I'm so far away from where I, where I, where I should be and compound that with all these other mm-hmm. out of rhythm things. And I'm completely lost. I don't know who I am. So what do I do? I fucking cult. Yeah. I snort something, smoke something, smoke, shoot something, drink something, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Because I just never understood that my life's rhythm is extremely important to me navigating a peaceful existence. Okay. Okay. Um, That brings us to our next question. Uh, Sometimes these just flow together all too well. Um, And this one is from Casper, who's uh, a big contributor to the show. She was uh, my tech brain for the first, uh, first half of more, actually first couple months of the show. So, um, uh, we love you, Casper. Casper says, can you think of a time when you just couldn't help or get through to an addict and why that was? I mean, it can all mm. be successes, right? Uh, I, you know what? That completely depends on how you define success. Okay. Well, yeah, in, in, you know, in your mind, um, has there been a time that, that it just hasn't worked that you haven't been able to, to get through? No. Here's why. Okay. Philosophically, 
I believe success happens as soon as contact is made. No matter what, whether it did it went the way I wanted or not, I know that something has happened. There's been a seed planted. There's been something to change the trajectory of that individual as soon as they sit down okay. in front of me to talk about this issue. Okay. Okay. And so um, I've had definitely slower processes and I've had to like um, let go and let the cosmos do its work and, 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 and like, you know, I did my best there and that's all I can do, but it's still a success. So the second part of that question then, why are some people, why have you not been able to get those, the, the instant desired results? Why are some people less receptive to it? Maybe. Um, so there's, there's many, many factors. And uh, I'd say that like the level of trauma okay. is always a factor. Um, when we're talking about torture and we're talking about, um, you know, some, some severe sexual abuse, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, that process is going to be a lot longer and it's going to take a lot longer for me to form that relationship in a way that they will trust and believe in what I'm saying or not. And that's fair. Uh, yeah. I haven't had that happen, but. Um, so trauma is a big one. The other one is like some people have, you know, you got to got to remember that a lot of our stories have to do with people letting us down. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of what it is to be human. And like every human being in my life is going to let me down at some point and I'm going to let them down. And that's, that's just part of being human. Yeah. So um, I guess what I'm saying is that the dope, the drink, whatever mm-hmm. has never let them down. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay. always done exactly what it's supposed to do when they take it, when they ingest the whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always changed the way they feel. Okay. And they can count on it every time. So some people just aren't ready. They're not ready to give that up yet. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's the only thing left that they can count on. Okay. And so by having an understanding of that, it makes it a lot easier to navigate that space with them because you're actually giving value to something they're protecting, which removes the defense mechanisms and allows them to see it in a more comprehensive state. Okay. Okay. So validation is a removal of defense. When I validate an experience, the defense goes down. It, it, it's a life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fight with your girlfriend, try it out. <laughs> right. Right. Not, <laughs> not just calm down. That, right. <laughs> yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Oh dear! There's a there's a joke about just hand her a knife and her sandwich making instincts will kick in. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies. I don't believe it. I, oh, shit, I'm in trouble already for that one. Right? Yeah. Too yeah. Late now. Yeah. I'm not. I said that. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. And Jenny from San Diego has a few questions about ADHD, which is awesome because we've covered that a lot. Um, I'll ask them one at a time. So, okay. That, number one, in your practice, how often would you say ADHD or other neurodiversities play a role in addiction? Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say 90% of the people I've seen have concurrent disorders. Okay. In other words, substance use disorder or, and in concert with an anxiety disorder, depression disorder, ADHD. Um, can, can you say you which know, is the most common or which are the most common? Anxiety, depression. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are pretty much on every single referral that's ever come across my desk. Okay. Yeah. Um, ADHD is very common with stimulant users. Um, now, I know nationally the statistics are not 
I don't, I, I, like my experience in the national statistics don't match up. No, no. I'll just say so. that. I'm going to say probably 50, 60% of the people that I've seen with ADHD are meth users. Yep. Yep. Um, and because it has an, an adverse effect that is different than when, say, I don't have ADHD, so I have a different experience with meth where people with ADHD seem to be more focused and it kind of brings things together. And for, that's for something, a while. I don't know if that's something we've touched based on you and I personally. I'd have to go back and listen. Um, but just recently in my life, it's become very obvious to me um, uh, as to why Coke and meth were, were such a draw for me. Casper, um, um, mm-hmm. actually, um, from previous question there, is the one that, that really brought it to light for me just a couple weeks ago. And, and well, yeah, it's yeah. got the opposite effect on you, right? Which makes perfect sense because when everyone else was up peeking through the blinds and carrying on and, you know, and I'm just like, wow, man, like I'm where I need to be, whether it was Coke or meth or whatever. It was like, oh. yeah, right. So, um it, Going to see yeah, a doctor about ADHD and, and getting some sort of of, um, of medication is is right on the top of my priority list now. Um, just, uh, and you know that that medication is uh, most of the time has amphetamines or some form a, a of stimulant it. in it, right? Yeah, uh, David yeah, from yeah. Together Who We Can Together Together We Can Sorry Recovery uh, when we were interviewing, uh, yeah, TWC when I was interviewing him uh, for yesterday or for last week's episode, I guess it'll be now. Um, he mentioned a medication called Stratera, which is a non-stimulant medication. So, uh, you know, when I do go, I'm, I'm going to ask anyway and, and see. You know, there's there's some ups and downs. I know for every medication, there's a pros and cons and gives and takes, right? But you know, yeah, and I and I also like, I guess you know, I want to I want to build off that a little bit. I think I think that just relying on medication is incomplete, and I think that just relying on therapy is incomplete. I think that they both need to work together. I'm I'm not like, you know, I, I'm not a DSM guy. I'm not like diagnosis is everything i think it has its advantages and disadvantages um i'm much more of a strength-based guy i don't i don't um i don't i i think that the diagnosis can become a crutch at times yeah yeah, yeah. and um and, and something to hide behind um but it also brings clarity sometimes to people like oh okay maybe i'm not so fucked up i just have this thing you know so it, you know it's kind of here or there uh, and you know like it, out of the dsm i think i don't know how many there are 500 something diagnoses uh, dsm i think what is well, that oh sorry uh i don't even know what it stands for um it's the apa the psychology uh uh say you- bible of 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 diagnosis okay okay i was gonna say you can't throw so can't define an acronym with another acronym come on Captain. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the it's the bible for okay. for diagnosis okay okay so okay. psychologists psychiatrists they use the dsm-5 okay okay um so the dsm-3 had homosexuality in it so i mean jesus you know, yeah it, that's it, what number it, are we yeah, at now five okay okay so we're yeah. at five but out of that like there's 500 something diagnosis four of them are curable treatable yeah and one of those is a fear of blood oh like, okay. so like <laughs> you know what i mean like so it, i don't i don't really understand the point other than it gives people something to at least say that okay this is what's happening for which me. could be powerful um, in its own right right um just you know, it can be nah, yeah nah. but the, until it becomes like well what are you gonna do about it yeah. you know what i mean yeah. well nothing yeah uh, right. you know it's 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 it goes back to the same disease thing like it's my disease it wasn't my fault like yeah eh, <laughs> accountability is freedom i'll just say that again. yeah yeah well and that's another one that you i don't <laughs> think you can say enough so um you kind of answered uh, the, what was the third question, and I'll just say it quickly now, just because, and then and then I'll get back to number two. Aside from ADHD, are there other neurodiversities that show an increase in addiction? 
you've, you've already kind of touched base I, yeah. on that. I just, I wanted to, to read the question aloud anyway, but no. Yeah. And I think like, so what we're talking about is a lot of those diagnoses are also driven by, you know, the use of, of narcotics or, or um, drugs in any sense. So, uh, but when you have something like um, borderline bipolar, uh, schizophrenia, uh, schizoaffective, those, uh, those diagnoses are a lot different in that they're much more organic in nature and not necessarily driven by uh, the narcotics. Okay. Yeah. Whereas depression, you know, like am I depressed because I do the drugs? Am I doing? Am I right? Right. right. But there's no like chicken or egg when it comes to those diagnoses, and that's what really you know it. um, How do I say this? So here's what I'm going to say. Okay, I talked before about reality construction and how reality construction is a really interesting thing to me. The way that I stumbled across this was actually working with somebody. So stop. When you say reality construction, just just define that quickly or, or explain that term quickly. Okay. Yeah. okay, so reality construction is the way we see the world from our own mind. So we talked about post-structuralism, we talked about positivism. Mm-hmm. Those are both theories of reality construction, whether, you know, whether it's one reality or each individual reality. And the, so what happened for me was I was working with um, a client that had – uh, a diagnosis called DID, Dis- Dissociative Identity Disorder, which is formerly known as Multiple Personality Disorder. Mm-hmm. And to to watch somebody, I mean, first of all, in order for this to happen, the amount of trauma that has to happen in early childhood is daunting. It's unbelievable. And I can't really get into how this person got into that for confidentiality reasons. Of course. But it's just jaw-dropping. And so I would watch this individual switch from the host into the host being another, me, say, or, or you know, your, yeah, your regular person. Host being you, yeah. and then I would ask a question that would bam, all of a sudden it's I'm talking to a four year old. Wow. And then in fifteen minutes I'm talking to a thirty eight year old super aggressive uh man. And then in another another couple of minutes I'm talking to a a fifty year old housewife. You know what I so mean? Like, I, I, I was just curious, what level of awareness do these people have when when they're experiencing those? They they don't like the, the, so. There's a process there where um, over time and working through therapeutic intervention, they find out about the other people. Okay, there's usually one who calls the shots. In that, in this case, was the aggressive guy. He's the protector, so not the host. And he's the no. No, okay. not the host. Okay. The host is the one that gets put to sleep. Ah, fair enough. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So this guy steps in when the host. It's too much. Okay. And they so they he he will say I put him to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean. And then this other person comes in, and so the, you know the tense of that is like complete time lapses of like missing days. Like one day you're sitting there staring at a clock, and the next day you're you know w- waking up on the on a rooftop somewhere. It like, must be terrifying. I, no I can't imagine. Oh yeah, it's completely debilitating. But what it did was it showed me how fickle reality can be, mm-hmm. and how much. But I mean, what comes along with that is how much freedom. If we're looking for the asset, we have into creating our own existence in the world we want to live in. I don't have to live in your world. Yeah, yeah. I can live in mine and coexist with yours. 
but I need to have, you know, I need to be firm in my values and my, in who I am and what, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I build my, my reality in a way that I can exist with peace and contentment and enjoy this beautiful gift of life I've been given because I only get one. Yeah. Like, let's not forget we get one fucking life to live. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And to waste any time with that, in my opinion, I mean, it's like Alan Watts says, it's a really short distance between, you know, the the uh, the hospital where you're born and the morgue where you die. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so how are we feeling that? And, you know, I got 30 years left. Yeah. How do I want that 30 years to look? And that's completely up to me. But it, if I'm sitting in my past, then I'm just going to keep recreating that. The fucking Bill Murray effect, you know, yeah. Groundhog Day, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If, as long as I'm living in, in the past and I'm not putting the pen to paper on how I want my future written, then it'll be written exactly the way it was, was before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, at some point, I need to take control of my own reality, see that this is the way I want to live my life, how I want to treat people in that life, and then be accountable to that. And I will experience a freedom that I didn't even know any human being could experience. Wow. Okay. And that is like the existential phenomenon of existential freedom. Okay. Okay. Wow. I like that. And the the final question to, to wrap up that line of, of questioning with the ADHD is with increased awareness about ADHD and other neurodiversities, do you think we could or should see a drop in addiction? Um, okay. That's a, that's a, it's a good question. That's a loaded question. Um, so, Yes, we're moving in the right direction. Stigma is being less has is having less impact when it comes to mental health. Today we celebrate it. Thirty years ago, you were weak. Yep, you know what True I mean. Story, yeah. and so that is definitely uh, you know the the way that the social tapestry is adjusting and shifting to be more um, compassionate in nature is definitely helping. Mm-hmm. But to be frank, as long as we're living in a society that is in direct contrast of the human spirit we're going to have uh, a massive amount of maladaptive um, illnesses happening throughout society in other words we are built to be pack animals we need to have responsibility within that pack either i'm picking berries or i'm hunting or i'm building huts or i'm building a fire you know what i mean and so now we have um you know capitalism has taught us to be that uh to be the best is is where we want to be. We want to be better than everyone else, but that leaves us in a really lonely fucking place, mm-hmm. which is against the human spirit. We need to be in connection. Yeah. And so capitalism also tells us that emotional intelligence is a bad thing uh, because people who are secure and people who have a high degree of emotional intelligence are not good consumers. Ah, uh, okay. They're not, they're not buying new trucks and they're not getting their wife new tits, you know, like, yeah. you know, because they're not worried about what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as long as, as long as um, I have low self-esteem, I'm going to buy products to make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And we see it all the, all the time with haircuts and, you know, $200,000 cars and like, nobody needs any of that shit. No, no, true story, true story. But I, I think we're all guilty so, of it on some level, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I, dude, like I go to Walmart because it's cheap. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I want to know my my baker. Yeah, I want to know my milkman. Yeah, I don't drink milk; it's disgusting. But, um, <laughs> I could I could pound <laughs> a gallon a day. So right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, you don't even want to know what that's made of. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as I found out, which is like ten years ago, I didn't touch a drop yeah, after yeah. that. Well, okay, leave it alone. Yeah. 
moving on. So, <laughs> so there is a social construct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, it, it will help in the bigger picture, the right steps forward, but the system in place does not allow for uh, us to be socially. Healthy. It kind of feels like we're getting more aware of and better at dealing with a problem that's only getting bigger. Right. So right. yeah, that's, yeah, sure. We're getting better at it, but there's going to be more of it to deal with now. So it's a good thing. We're getting better at it. Yeah, right. And, 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 and you know, 7.6 billion people and like that, that has gone up by 6 billion in a hundred years. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're just, it's, it's going out of control. Everything is, I mean, you know, everything is about the, the, the construct of money, like, and, uh, <laughs> you know, like as long as that's our focus, mm-hmm. then we're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Right. Well, but 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 yes, it does help. But it's not an. It's, I don't. I don't know what the answer is, other than like a complete restructure of of our social social tapestry, which is not a real. In other words, like we, we would have do, to. So. Well, it's not. Yeah. We have to get rid of metropolises. You yeah. know. Yeah. We have to get rid of the mighty dollar being everything. Mm-hmm. 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 No kidding. Eh? So yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a big question. Yeah, I, I guess it is. Hey, I was I was kind of expecting a a, a simple answer to that one, but I guess um, well, I that's why you're here. So yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that brings us to the end of the mailbag uh, for today. Thirty-five. I'd say we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Fuck it. Hey. So that brings us to my favorite part of the show, and that is the daily gratitudes. And by now, you're ready for those. But hey, this is Scott from the New New Friends Podcast, the podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ashes to Awesome. The daily gratitudes are brought to you by the No New Friends Podcast. Please check us out, nonewfriendspodcast.com. We're streaming on all major platforms. If you just need laughter in your week, just an escape from what's going on in your life, I highly recommend my podcast to get you through that week, bring some levity and, and make you laugh. So check us out, No New Friends Podcast on all streaming platforms. That's nonewfriendspodcast.com. And now here are your daily gratitudes. And remember, you are loved. Captain, give me give me three, give me three or four, whatever gratitudes for today well i think um uh, so i'm (laughs) okay i'm really grateful uh to like be in like third hand contact with your mom again uh, to be honest with (laughs) you like yeah uh you know i spent a lot of time out, out, out in the farm and and um your mom is a very intelligent strong uh value-driven woman that I have a ton of respect for. Uh, so that's really cool to uh, to get some feedback. She called me smart. I like that. You know, <laughs> I take that as a, as a compliment. <laughs> um, and, and I'm going to have to say, uh, I guess, you know, like, I'm really grateful that the world has turned the way it has uh, and it didn't, it didn't spit me out like I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all the people that have been in place all the way along have like, um, it takes a lot of courage to see something in someone that a lot of people don't see. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm really grateful for the people in my life that saw something, uh, in me that allowed me to flourish the way I have. Um, so yeah, when, you know, it didn't look good for a long time. Uh, and then, uh. My third, I mean, I have to, I have to, I have to say my, my family. I mean, of course. Yeah. you know, we did Easter eggs this morning and, uh, oh, that must be know, cute. how old are your daughters again? 
uh, five and eight months. Oh, geez, eh? So five. That's just yeah, that's I, wonderful. I hate to watch the Easter egg in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she's just all over the place. Oh, I found a new one. <laughs> and then the other one, the eight month old. Every time I walk in the room, her face just lights up and smiles. Oh, what else do you need for for validation? Yeah, in life, I mean, right? you know, yeah. it is. Uh, it's just surreal, man. Like. I don't know how I got here, and I don't know why I did to deserve it, but I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. No kidding. No kidding. Hey, so yeah. those, are, those are some great gratitudes, right? Yeah. Hey, guys. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to throw in um, a fourth and fifth one today. Uh, the fourth being to uh, the Together We Can Recovery Society. Um, they've uh, given me my first sponsorship, and uh, of course, they're the uh, the PSA sponsor for this episode here. Um, it's been a long time coming. I've worked really, really hard and uh, I've got to be very thankful to them. And it's a hell of a program that they're running there. So check them out at uh, twclife.org or twcrecoverylife.org. It is. And um, the, the final. Great place, by the way. Sorry. Uh, very, very familiar with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, Ryan here is the one that, uh, that put me in touch with them in the first place. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, hey, guys, the last one is to you, the listeners. Whatever you're doing, guys, it's working. The numbers keep climbing week over week. You are bringing me that much closer to living my best life, and that is to make a humble living spreading the message. So thank you to each and every one of you. And hey, listen, if you're in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to a family member. Call into detox. Go to a meeting. Do whatever the hell it is you need to do to come out on the other side because it is so much better. And if you're the loved one of an addict. You've just taken the time to listen to our episode, and for that, I'm very, very thankful. If you could just take one more minute and text that out and let them know they are loved, use the word. You are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them it almost died trying to get here Got high through my best years Got sober, then I relapsed, then I cleaned up Got my head clear Sometimes it feels like there ain't to believe in But I believe that we're out here for a reason yeah. You don't think you're a fighter But I know you are You are a liar You say you want You don't think that you're worth it But I think you're wrong And I think you're perfect From the pressure I put on myself for years Tired from my 20s, the whiskey bottles and beers Tired of smiling while I've been holding back tears But I believe I can do it, so I'm here I'm a believer I believe I'm a believer I believe I've been told I have a death wish No one's interested Cold and too aggressive Close to hypertension I'm broken from the pressure Explosive with my temper I'm sober but I'm stressing And hoping it gets better Am I falling off? Should I give it up or put it all on pause? Let go of this dream so I can visit home and talk to mom? Maybe all I need is another Instagram post With a quote about believing in yourself when you're low You don't think you're a fighter But I know you are You are a liar You say you are But I'm a believer, nothing is impossible I'm a believer, I believe I'm a believer, I believe You don't think you're a fighter, but I 
Gage, if you're out there, please just know that you are loved. Until the end of my dying breath, you are loved. You are loved by everybody. Your family, your friends. You are loved. You are loved.